Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the OI. I'm joined this evening by play-by-play announcer for the Georgetown Raiders. Also, also with Rinkside, which covers the OJHL. Alan Corkum, how you doing this evening, my friend? I'm not doing too bad, Jamie. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. As as you can see, I know the viewers won't be able to see this video as we record audio only. I'm wearing a very beautiful Boston Bruins hat. Uh, circa maybe 1960 or so and we lost to the americans as you know team canada lost to the states in the world junior hockey championships and then we also um lost to title town takes so uh myself james and kyle being on offside we're now uh having to dance around in dresses and wearing brewing stuff uh, as we are the losers unfortunately but hey uh Huge shout out to, <clears throat> excuse me, huge shout out to Cam Connor and Ian over at Tile Town Takes. Amazing interviews in 2020. And as I mentioned in an earlier video, they'll have even greater interviews in 2021. So, hey, shout out to you guys over at Tile Town Takes and uh, for people following offside and uh, who are watching, listening in, uh, give those guys a follow. Lots to talk about in Beantown, New England Patriots, Boston Bruins, and Boston Celtics. So uh, give those guys a follow at Title Town Takes. All the information will be on my Twitter when this posts. How's everything in Ontario, Alan? Well, it is what it is, I guess you could say. I mean, the numbers are up between three and four thousand every day with COVID, and they're still we're still in lockdown and. No hockey as of yet. Well, we're going to have the NHL, at least Toronto and Ottawa will get started on Wednesday night. The least play Montreal, but I mean, all the amateur leagues like Junior A, which I cover, Junior B, all the midget and the other hockey, OHL, we're still on hiatus. We're waiting to see what's going to happen. But uh, right now, the way it's going, I'm very uh, pessimistic of this season. I'm hoping maybe you could just start fresh and the, uh, get the training camps going in the summer and then maybe start up September next year. But Nothing's been definite as of yet. We're still waiting for word from the leagues, but it's been pretty well crickets from the uh, commissioner of the OJHL, Marty Savoy, and all his uh, staff and all the uh, higher-ups in the league. There's been nothing really said on Twitter, on the internet. There's last interviews he's had was back in, like, November, early December. But, I mean, I think with all the uh, numbers up and the health and safety board saying stay home and all that, and they're not letting anybody on the ice, I think it's pretty well lost cause unless – things change within the next month, month and a half. So are you optimistic that the OJHL will start like yourself and myself? We've covered the MHL uh, offside. We're always keeping up with the OJ, OHL, uh, MHL. With all the trades happening, all the players being shipped from the OJ into the MHL and not a lot going back, as we've seen today, player development fees, whether it's a bag of pucks or 
whether it's pylons for practice or whatever is be whatever's being shifted the other way um it doesn't seem to look good for the oj ohl um we won't even get into the whl as we're just going to have a very short episode right here uh but the whl did announce 24 games we we uh junior b was 20 games and we have we're having a hard time uh trying to figure out how to play 12 more games so 12 or 13 or so. Can you just maybe give those people listening your take on the WHL, the 24 games or so, and maybe will that work in the uh, OG, excuse me, the OHL? I think it would definitely work because as they say, something is better than nothing. Some hockey, even if there's going to be, you know, no fans allowed, just like the players playing on the ice like they do with the, um, with the NHL be starting. I think anything will be better than nothing. I hope there's maybe an added presence of, I know, I think Rogers or somebody has a package for all the OHL games. Maybe there'll be an added presence for getting games on, you know, Sportsnet, or I think they have the rights to the CHL. So maybe they can get some made for TV games just to get exposure to let people see hockey. It'd be great. I think something, like I said, something would be better than nothing, but it's hard to say. I think they were targeting starting in February, but there's been nothing really said by the OHL since the turn of the, year to 2021 so we'll have to see but yeah i think fans would be happy the players coaches everybody involved with the ohl would be happy with the 24 game season or anything right now just to get hockey going i think they'll probably be one of the last leagues to throw in the towel i think you'll see the league that i cover the ojhl or the junior b leagues or all the other junior a leagues probably make announcements first about the continuation of season before the ohl finally decides maybe to uh say no go for this season Darren Dreger mentioned today he was on a, uh, an interview with someone I uh, watch. It's uncertain all across Canada with hockey being played. Biggest thing he said was player development. You know, we're not getting get. Excuse me, we're not getting to see Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, who I would love to see, uh, Kingston Frontenacs. So yeah, it's. It's uncertain all across the board, and like I said, we won't get, won't dive into this issue much longer. Like we've been kind of pecking at it in the last month or so. Um, we, we will shift to NHL, um, as I did want you on to, to talk Leafs. I know we had some Leafs talk Monday. Today being Monday, this episode will drop Wednesday. So by the time this episode drops, all NHL rosters should be finalized. I know today being Monday, uh, wait, you had to go through waivers, um, and then tomorrow is taxi squads and uh, finalization of rosters and all that good stuff. Are you surprised with today's news of the Corey Perry uh, news that um, Bergevin, I believe is the GM in Montreal, put yep. Corey Perry on waivers? Are you surprised with that move? A little bit. They also put um, Michael Forlick on waivers as well. Montreal did like he's another name to just sign, like another veteran to bring in. A little surprised to see him maybe on the uh, waiver list, but there were a number of other names too as we take here on Monday, Jamie. That were um, it was um, for well for Gideon and Quinn, you know, our friends also to come on your show, the OI and Offside Hockey Talk. A couple of surprising names from Vancouver were put on waivers as well: Louis Erickson and Sven Berchi. Oh, wow. Wow. This is more about the money, I think. Is a lot of these players that are put on waivers have high salaries and underachievers, I know, uh, underachievers making uh, 
underachievers making a significant amount of money. Yeah, exactly. Like Montreal are hoping, like I know it's, I heard a quick clip from uh, Claude Julien, their head coach, and they're hoping Perrigan's back. They're just, unfortunately, they had to do this as a formality just to try to clear him. They're hoping he's back, at least on the taxi squad, as you mentioned. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Big, a couple big other names familiar. I'm just looking at the list as we speak here. Like Tyler Johnson was placed on waivers by Tampa Bay. Luke Shen, the he former would, He would look guy. good in Vancouver. Sorry to interrupt you there, uh, Alan. Quinn, hey, Gideon are probably going to listen to this one if it drops. Tyler Johnson, wouldn't he look good in the Vancouver Canucks jersey? He would as well, yeah. He, the money's a thing with him as well. I don't know, like I said, teams with the salary cap. Like, you might see a team like Ottawa try to jump at somebody like that because they have lots of salary cap space. They've already made a couple of moves for some veterans like Braden Coper from Tampa. They pick up Cedric Paquette. I think they brought in Derek Stepan as well. So there's a lot of salaries for Ottawa. So maybe somebody like that you might see in a center jersey before Canucks. Probably going to be if anybody. But I think you'll see a lot of these players clear because of the salary. They'll scare a lot of people away. Another name that's kind of big, it's a $4 million cap hit that got uh, put on waivers, was Matthew Perot from the Jets. So he, he'd be a good veteran as well. But, I mean, there's a lot of names. We'll see what happens. But I think, as you said, like I think I saw a tweet earlier today from you, like for maybe the least would jump at Corey Perry. Corey Perry, pardon me. But I think Perry will be staying in Montreal. I don't know if anybody will take a chance. You never know with the salary because he's a good veteran, definitely a good veteran presence on a young team that's wanting to maybe jump in the playoffs. Darren Drager also mentioned Corey Perry's name, and it would be foolish to allow the guy to be put on waivers for $750,000 at any team right now. I know it's a flat cap, but if someone's got $800,000 and they need uh, Stanley Cup uh, experience, Corey Perry's your guy. Does he fit on the Toronto Maple Leafs roster? No, because right now it's Beberinoff, Beberinoff, however you pronounce his last name. (laughs) fighting for a position on the fourth yeah. with uh, Simmons and Spezza, right? So no room for Corey Perry. We've got Joe Thornton. He, he's up the middle. He's helping Matthews, helping Marner. He serves a bigger purpose yeah. than Corey Perry. Corey Perry was good 2011, 2012 was kind of where he he had his best se- last best season. But, hey, uh, I, I think it's a gamble on uh, Claude Julian and Bergevin's uh, end. Uh they're hoping he doesn't go, get picked up, but with the COVID-ridden season and yeah. taxi squads, I don't, is there a position for Corey Perry? But, hey, he's not a Toronto Maple Leaf, so shifting gears over to the Leafs, what's your take on or what's your, what do you guys say about the uh, Saturday night uh, scrimmage? I know I talked to some Leaf alumni in the last couple of days after the game, and they said it was a mess, and uh, they love Robertson. He doesn't. People aren't sure if he's going to play the, on the fourth line. Adam Brooks looked very good. He's on the taxi squad, though I believe. And uh, Boyd, he's all. He also played well. I believe he'll be on that taxi squad either. It's the number. I believe it's four to six players um, on each team's taxi squad. Um, just give me your. Uh, just give me your take on uh, that game on Saturday. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, flashiest game in the world, but it was just to get the legs fresh in a game. It was more made for TV. I see a lot of teams have been doing that. Like, I see Montreal had a game. Their red-white game was on RDS in Quebec, and I think some other games have been shown just to get exposure. It's it's too bad it couldn't have an exhibition game or two before the season starts against, like, an opponent. Like, you think Toronto would play Ottawa, Ottawa play Montreal, Toronto play Montreal, you know, 
just it'd be better to have an opponent like that to, to know. But I mean, it was good to see Thornton. Maybe he'll be rejuvenated his old his old legs. He's getting up there in age for hockey terms, but he looks like he's been rejuvenated a little bit by all the youth with Marner and Matthews and Tavares and Nylander. So maybe that'll help Thornton a little bit. Another player has kind of been a little bit under the radar in the training camp that might be looking for redemption because he he was, I think, a Hobie Baker winner, or at least up for it a couple of years ago, was Jimmy Vesey, who they picked up Jimmy from Vesey, Buffalo. Yeah, the over the bank. I think he played over in New York as well. Yeah. So he, he's somebody that maybe could be a spoiler for them. He's looking for a contract. Like I know a couple of years ago, he had uh, Tyler Ennis. They brought in like somebody looking for redemption, brought in on a cheap contract. You know, a high it might be a low risk, but it might be a high reward for the least. We'll have to see what happens. But they got some youth. They got some sandpaper now. It's just going to be up to the team to see if they can finally get over the hump in the playoffs. I mean, they have good regular seasons. I think they'll be top four. I'm not saying they'll win the uh, Canadian division, but I think they'll definitely be in the top four in the playoffs. Now the next is, can they get over that hump and win a playoff round? We'll see what happens if they get the goaltending. I'm going to mention the goaltending. A lot of people threw Anderson under the bus because Campbell did seem like he played better in that scrimmage. A couple of players. Um, let's start off with Lettinen. He, uh, a lot of people don't like, didn't like him on the line that he started. <clears throat> excuse me, started with. It was Brody and Riley. A lot of people want Riley and Lettinen together, and Riley and Brody didn't play that well. And like I just mentioned, a lot of alumni who I spoke to today. Sunday and the Monday said, you know, that was a mess. We don't really know who's going to play where, but right now as um, it does show on the offside Twitter account that, you know, the, the team is there, the lineups, maybe well, books and Boyd, they, they get uh, taken off that opening day roster. And I think it's uh Babarinoff's Babarinoff, Simmons and Spezza. And then uh, Babarinoff, however you pronounce his last name, uh, doesn't achieve what uh, the coaches want, then, hey, uh, Robertson gets that position. He'll move up and move around. And, and it'll, really, it'll be really neat to see Matthews on the penalty kill. He's about 55% on faceoffs. So that'll help, that'll help tremendously on penalty kills. And just give me your take on uh, letting in on, on the back end from uh, what, what you saw on Saturday. Oh, I think he's got a – I mean, he looked – Okay. I think he's got to take a little time to get used to the uh, North American game. He's been used to playing in the KHL and really hasn't a lot of exposure. So it's a different league in North American style might be a bit different for him, but I think he might become accustomed to it easily. We'll have to see. I mean, it's going to be trial by error for a lot of these players. Instead, it was a sloppy scrimmage game, but I mean, you're just trying to get their feet. Once they get a couple of games in, you'll see what the real teams are made of. Like when they try to play Montreal on Wednesday night, then they got a, a back-to-back in Ottawa on the weekend. So, I mean, it's going to be all for all these teams, Ottawa, Montreal, all the other Canadian teams and all other teams in the NHL. It's going to be trial and error to see how everybody matches up with lines. It's probably going to be, as we always hear the line on the games media, they say, put your lines in the blender. I think you might see a lot of that for every team, the first off, just to see what's going to work, what's going to be the magic formula to try to get W's and points and, I think Latin will fit in. I think he's more probably at best a star would be a third, fourth defense, but I think you got to have Brody and Riley as your top two. That's, mm. that's who's bringing in all the money, but there being some other good defense, but Muzzin, if he gets back healthy, is in there as well. And you Latin and Dermott's in there and you got Pagos and another veteran that picked up in the off season. He, you know, he's been off and on his game. Sometimes he gets uh, criticized for his game, but I think it's a, a decent veteran pickup for Toronto to get some 
help on the back end because, I mean, he brings an experience. He won the cup with Tampa Bay in the bubble. So, I mean, it's, it's somebody I wouldn't mind to see Tron get a couple of years ago. I thought when he was put on waivers there by Buffalo that maybe Tron should take a chance on him, but he ended up going to Tampa. Now he's in Toronto, so let's see what he does. A lot of these guys are on one-year deals like Bogosian and Thornton and I think Simmons even a one-year deal in Bestie. So it's like redemption projects for Kyle Dubas. It might work. It might not. But let's he, see what happens. He, he never had the pieces. Now you, now all of a sudden the pieces are available and people are saying, wow, you got the gray beards. And, you know, uh, you know this power play is brought to you by Hair Care for Men because it's all gray bearded uh, <laughs> old guys on, on, the, on the ice, right? So as of right now, we kind of see Robertson on the outside looking in. How do you not play the guy? Look at that shot on Saturday. And but they want to give Barbarina Barbarov, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they want to hard one. Leap for us, want to give that guy a chance. And yeah, we, like I, like you just said, we never had that opportunity. Like I'm, I haven't been this excited in 20 years since you know the least least played 93, 94, and yeah, we it was disappointing years, but. You know, Leafs are Leafs fans are finally now excited through uh, lines one to four back end. Uh, if we get some solid goaltending, um, a lot of reporters have said you know they're skeptical. The Leafs will do great in the regular season, but fail in the playoffs. Uh, Montreal did improve the most. Um, they probably won't have a good regular season but then hey they'll they'll tear it up in the playoffs but you know they got eight or ten guys over six feet and i think i can't even think uh, of one player under six two maybe gallagher is the shortest guy in the team and yeah they got to foley and anderson and shea weber a lot of big names yep. um so we'll just talk about that th- that game this wednesday like how do you think uh, toronto matches up with the habs and uh, maybe give a, a score prediction for uh, for that game wednesday night it's going to be an interesting game. I, like I said, I, as I say, I hate, I'm not a big Montreal fan, but I give them credit for their offseason moves. You know, Joel Edmondson coming in, they brought him in. Jake Allen, a very good backup for Carey Price, the two strong goalies in Montreal. They got Josh Anderson in a trade for Max Domi, a little-known fact maybe for some of our listeners. Josh's younger brother, uh, Jordan, actually played for the Georgetown Raiders. He was, he was under Buckland Cup championship team back in 2017, got the call that. So a little shout-out to the Andersons. But, yeah, he's going to bring a good size presence. And then Shea Weber's there, and they also brought in Tyler Toffoli. So Montreal's going to give him a good game. But he said it doesn't matter what teams are on the ice. Montreal and Charlie always play close games. It's always a tight battle. Anderson against Price. Matthews against Gallagher. We'll have to see all the matchups in that. Score prediction? I'm going to go 4-3 Leafs in overtime. I was going the same way. I I believe uh, I know this is a Leafs show. We talk, we want to keep Leafs in the conversation, but uh, you know I, I believe Suzuki's going to have a good game. So I, yes, I'm going to ask your I'm going to ask your uh, two players, I guess players of the game for each team. I go with Suzuki on Montreal, and I'm going to go with Marner on the Leafs. Uh, unfortunate i don't think we'll see robertson i'm really excited to see him in the world yeah. juniors i strongly believe right now robertson's pissed off he never got to play world juniors and he's like well fine my my guys or my friends just want a gold medal i'm here right i'm here in leafs camp 
I got something to prove. You obviously want me to stay here. I got something to prove. I don't want to be on the taxi squad. And he was lights out on Saturday. Nice big shot. And man, like he's, yep. I think he's pissed off and he wants to play because he was ripped. He was give, wasn't given that chance to play in the United States gold medal game and throughout the whole world junior. So don't think Robertson's going to play. He would have been my player of the game for the Leafs, but yep. I'm going with Marner and Suzuki. Um, obviously, we'll see Carey Price, Freddie Anderson, and like I just said, the offside Twitter account that will have the uh, the lineups leading up to game day. And hey, as always, James is going to jack up the the offside nation followers uh, pregame. So, anything else you'd like to add, Alan, to uh, tonight's special uh, Leaf Leaf pre uh, season opener uh, episode? No, I think it's gonna. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's gonna be a great game. Montreal Toronto is gonna be nice to the NHL hockey back. A bit of a break for all of us trying to uh, battle through COVID. I know there's some special rules for NHLers compared to other hockey organizations, like the one you do in Junior B in Nova Scotia and the one I cover up here. But let's enjoy the hockey. It should be fun, and uh, just everybody stay safe and stay at home. And hopefully, we'll get back. All of us will get back to the rink sooner than later. No, you're absolutely right, sir. And this episode has been brought to you by Titletown Takes. Boys over at Titletown Takes, Ian, Cam, and Connor. Yeah, we lost the bet. Uh, team Canada, excuse me, Team USA lost the team. One, sorry, Team USA beat Canada in the World 2021 World Juniors, and now we've got a. We've got to eat it, eat it. So, anyways, um, I will graduate the USA myself. They had a day. They beat Canada their own game, I thought. They played strong two-way play and strong goaltending. But Devin Levi was a great story, and Spencer Knight just so golden. And, yep, congratulations to the USA, but Canada has nothing to be ashamed of. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of the OI with Jamie Anstey. I'm joined this evening by my man, Quinn Donovan. Quinn, man, what's going on? Not much, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, we've uh, we've got lower cases here in the mainland compared to you guys out west. So hey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I I as always, I hope uh, you guys always stay safe throughout this uh, 2021 and uh, NHL season. So let's let's get at it. We'll uh, go through uh, the North Division. So um, just give me your predictions on uh, one through seven in the. Uh, the all Canadian North Scotia division in this year's 2021 NHL season. All right. Well, my one through three are going to be Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver in that order. I think Calgary's made a huge, huge pickup in terms of picking up Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev um, from the Canucks backyard, obviously. Uh, Edmonton's always dangerous. The only problem is Edmonton's gotten nothing in goal. So McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to have to do the majority of the heavy lifting and Vancouver, Vancouver really, really did well in the, the bubble playoffs. Uh, Demko emerged as ready to go with this team. He's ready to lead. Picking up Holtby in the offseason was huge. Picking up Schmidt, Schmidt, sorry, picking up Schmidt for a third rounder was probably the biggest steal that JB ever made uh, thus far in his uh, in his tenure. Uh, so that was huge. And we've got some really, really good rookie talent coming up. Niels Holglander is going to be playing tonight. Uh, so that's going to be good. Yulevi's finally crossed and he's, he's on the 23-man roster. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. 
in terms of four through seven, I've got Winnipeg because I've got family in Manitoba. I've got them at four. Uh, Hellebuck's good, but you know, Winnipeg is, has really got to, they got to sort out the line A situation before they get on any solid footing to get anywhere. Uh, in terms of five, um, I've got Montreal. That's my dad's team. Um, they've made some solid pickups in Tyler Toffoli. The only problem is Carey Price is still getting older and they got nothing to replace them. Uh, I believe they picked up, I can't remember the name of the backup goalie they got, but uh, which bad, team are you talking about, Quinn? Sorry. Montreal, the Canadian. Oh, Jake Allen. Jake uh, Allen. Jake uh, Allen's not bad, but I mean, we know for a fact that from his history in St. Louis, he's had head problems. Um, and Montreal is definitely a tough place if you're looking to get your mental health sorted out, especially because they demand excellence. I mean, when you've got 24 Stanley Cups hanging from your rafters, they demand excellence, and they demand excellence every single season. And if you don't give it to Montreal fans, they're very, 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 very uh, quick to uh, let you know about it in certain no uncertain terms. Uh, Toronto, I've got number six, and I know you're going to hate me for that, but uh, that's more just because I don't, you know, I... You have to wonder at some point if the Dubas experiment is going to wear off. Sure, he hit he hit well with Marner. He hit well with Matthews. He's got a decent player in Nylander. But, and he's picked up some decent players on the defense. But at some point, this whole sabermetrics experiment has to fail, just as it did with the Oakland days when they were playing money ball. Uh, as to how long it's going to work, I don't know. And, of course, the dumpster fire that is the Ottawa Senators, I've got them at seven because Eugene Melnick, among other things, recently came out and said they put together a safety plan to get fans, up to 6,000 fans in the Canadian Tire Centre. The only problem is he's only drawing 3,000 fans a game. So that's where I am with that. So that's my seven for the Canadian division. Or sorry, the North Division as, uh, was it the Scotiabank North Division? Yeah, Scotiabank North Division. Yeah. Your, your one through seven is obviously different than what we've heard from TSN panelists, Sportsnet panelists, everyone's not going to be the same. Everyone's going to have their own opinion. But at the end of the day, hey, it's 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 probably not going to pan out. Your one to seven may not <laughs> may be different. I've got your Vancouver Canucks at number six. I had my prediction uh, video posted last night, and I did mention I'll probably lose Quinn and Gideon as uh, as friends on Twitter uh, because I put you guys at number six. Brother, you're never going to lose us as friends. Just because we disagree, it is what it is. I mean, and that's the beauty of conf- conf- controversy and, you know, everyone's opinion. They're entitled to to their opinion, and that's what makes talking hockey great. Not everyone's exactly. going to be on the same page. If you're all on the same page, that's uh, that's really the recipe for some boring uh, content, in my opinion. But, um, hey, I, I did hear this week um, maybe – that Demko is going to be the starting goaltender. I'm not 100% sure. I'd, I heard it from um, a podcast in Vancouver. It's just a bunch of guys that have started up this podcast, and they said uh, they think Demko's in nets for Vancouver. Is that true? Have you heard differently? I haven't heard differently in that regard, but I could see them doing a 31-25 split between okay. Demko and Holtby. Um, I don't think Demko's 100% ready to you know, carry the load of the games, but it's only a 56 game season, right? 
So I could see them going 31-25, Demko getting the six more games. And the main reason for that is because, first off, you've got a lot of back-to-backs. You've got a lot of triple headers. Not to mention, by going 31-25, your goaltender tandem qualifies for the Jennings Trophy. And I think that would be a good thing for both Demko and Holtby to get, provide Holtby can get his game back. And I don't see any reason why he can't. I mean, now that all of this stuff regarding his mask and his turtles and all that stuff is over, no longer having to deal with, we can concentrate on what's important, which is the hockey on the ice. Uh, however, uh, it did recently come out that uh, Jordy Ben and JT Miller are currently in quarantine due to COVID. Uh, apparently, Jordy Ben tested on Sunday, had a false negative, uh, tested again on Monday, had a false negative, and then uh, popped positive on Tuesday. Uh, Miller's been staying with him and spending some time with him, so both of them are currently in quarantine. Uh, ben is expected back in 10 days, according to the NHL rules. Uh, Miller is out for 14, so that's going to give a lot of guys like uh, Holdglander a chance to uh, work with the first line, work with uh, Brock and Pedersen, uh, preferably on the power play, so that will be spectacular to watch uh, starting tonight. Um, and uh, in terms of how Green is going to juggle the lineup, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting without uh, two of his bigger, well, in one of his bigger guns in terms of JT Miller on the first line wing. I, I did see on Twitter, I, I can't find it, uh, the podcast did say Demko is going to play um, in their first game. I'm not sure which, when they do play. Tonight um, against Edmonton. Uh, have you heard, have you heard? Of the starting goalies, like they did say, Demko um, is has the nod for tonight. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but Coach Green is keeping the starting okay. lineups close to the vest. Um, I know for okay. a fact Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary, and I think Edmonton announced theirs today. Uh, the other three have not announced theirs as of yet. Uh, as so I assume Edmonton is uh, going to play Koskinen tonight. Or my um, as far as I know, yeah, as far as I know, it's going to be either Koskinen or whom they picked up recently. Let me have a look at their list one sec. Ah, okay. As you look for that, I'm just going to run down my one to seven. And oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so I've got I've got Toronto number one. I know this is a Leaf podcast. We love talking about our Leafs. You know, look at James; he's blowing up Twitter right now in a Leafs jersey. Uh, even though if I say if I put Toronto number two, I won't be fired. I won't be saying, hey, you're off the team. Clarky over at the RP show, producer Clark put the Leafs at number two, Montreal number one. But I, I've, I've found, I've found a, a good source uh, for a lot of Leaf talk. So I'm going with my guy. I'm not going to mention names, but I'm, I'm with, I'm with this, uh, this dude, and I'm going to go with Toronto number one. Montreal's number two, Calgary's number three, and got to go with my boy Dusty and his Edmonton Oilers number four. Sorry that my uh, friend out in Winnipeg, John Ohm, I've got the Winnipeg Jets in number five. And like I mentioned last night in my uh, prediction video, sorry, dude, I've got the Canucks at number six and hate to do this, but um, every panelist that I've talked to has Ottawa at number seven across the board. I hate to do it. I love Ottawa. Love going to see Boston, Toronto in, in Ottawa. But hey, they're, uh, someone's got to be seventh. And unfortunately, it's the Ottawa Senators. But they may surprise a lot of people. Matt Murray and Nets. Uh, I talked to a, gr- a good source today in Ottawa. Uh, Stutzel's going to play on the second line, left wing. He's going to be a very 
promising young player to watch. So, hey, um, Ottawa's going to be an up-and-coming team in the next couple of years. Do they get to maybe fifth place? You were right. The uh, Winnipeg Jets have that Patrick Line situation. I believe Brian Little is still on the long-term injury list. They've got Blake Wheeler. They've got Ehlers. They've got uh, Shifley, uh, potential Vesna Trophy winner, and Connor Hellebuck. He's not going to win, though. I believe it's going to be Vasilevsky. We'll get to hardware momentarily, but um, that's my one to seven. As far as why I picked Toronto number one, they're going to be a very good team throughout this regular season, but possibly fail in the playoffs. Montreal's going to come out on top uh, by a lot of people to win the North, but I, I've got Toronto at number one, and Montreal's going to have a very stellar playoff run. They've got the best goalie in the league besides Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, and Carey Price. So um, those are, that's my that's my one to seven, and uh, you're absolutely right. Edmonton right now, it's a... It's a crapshoot. Who 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 comes out on top as number one goaltender, Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen? So Calgary's got Markstrom, Carey Price in Montreal, Hellebuck in Winnipeg, and you've got a really good tandem in Vancouver, Holtby and Thatcher Demko. And unfortunately right now it's a one-man show in Ottawa with Matt Murray. So that's, that's my one to seven. And... Um, did you have anything else to add? Did you find uh, what you were looking for there? Uh, I didn't find the Oilers opening day roster. I've got the others. I've got Montreal. I've got uh, Toronto. I've got Winnipeg. I've got Calgary. I've got Ottawa. And I've got Vancouver. Uh, the Oilers apparently haven't okay. released theirs as of yet. But um, okay. I can well, run through. We can run through what we've got thus far. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I got Edmonton's popped up here. They've got their project, projected opening night lineup. Uh, they got Koskinen. Starting um, top line D, they got Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, Adam Larson, Slater Cuckoo. Uh, I believe he came over in, from the Blackhawks, and they got Tyson Berry. Everyone in Leafland knows Tyson Berry. Their top line is Nuge, Connor McDavid, Zach Cassian. Second line is Dominic Cuhoon, Leon Dreisaitl, Yada Yamamoto. Okay, I think I pronounced that correctly. Josh Archibald, Kyle Turris, Yas, Jesse Poriarvi, Tyler Ennis, Kerry Harry, and Alex Chason round out the the, the lineup for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So. Okay. All right. So I mean, yeah, it's it's as expected. I mean, we expected Koskinen to be the the guy. Um, I mean, we're all and we all understand that Mike Smith is towards the back end of his career. I mean, he's been in the league what quite quite a number of years now. So, um, and you could say what you want about goaltenders being considered, you know, developing considerably older, um, but at the same time, everybody knows that your body at some point is going to fail you. Um, I well, mean, his his best days were in Phoenix. If you if you're able to agree with that. Oh, I totally agree with that, 100%. I mean, he did all right in Calgary, but it wasn't like a Mika Kiprasov type situation where he left San Jose, went to Calgary, and had a considerably better career than he had in San Jose. Um, Mike Smith was, at one point, you know, was, for all intents and purposes, the goalie of the Phoenix Coyotes. And for any success that they had, he is more than, more than uh, credible for that, of course. You got Calgary's projected lineup in front of you? Quinn, I, I, I do. 
Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So no surprising uh, anybody, but uh, Markstrom is going to be their goaltender. Um, of course, their backup. Let me just grab it here. David Riddich. Riddich, yes. Uh, Trevor Riddich, right, right, right. Yeah. David. Uh, David Riddich. Is there... Oh, is it David? Okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, they've got a uh, Markstrom. Markstrom first. Riddich behind him. Uh, defense. They've got Anderson and Nesterov, Giordano and Tanev, uh, Hannafin and Valimaki. Uh, then the forwards. They got Backlund, Lucic, Bennett, Manjapani. Uh, Dubé, Monaghan, Goudreau, Nordstrom, Levo, uh, Simon, Lindholm, and Kachuk. So again, Levo leaving Vancouver, going to Calgary. Um, and of course, uh, you know, uh, speaking of pickups by Vancouver, they just signed Hamanich for a one-year deal. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll talk about that here shortly. I, I have a question. Uh, I, Josh Levo coming from the Leafs, going to Vancouver. Just talk about Levo and what you saw uh in his game uh, during his time in Vancouver? Straight up hard worker. Straight up hard worker. Like, this is a lunch pail guy. First to come, last to leave. You know, brings his lunch pail every single game. Busts his ass. I mean, this is a guy who broke his leg in Vancouver and was completely heartbroken in the fact they couldn't couldn't play in the playoffs. He couldn't help his team. That's a guy you want. That's a guy that Calgary... Calgary is going to suddenly realize that this is like an Alex Burroughs type guy. Not in terms of being a pest or a pain in the ass or anything like that, but in terms of the work ethic. Josh Lebo has that work ethic. Trust me, that is gonna that's a that's a huge loss for us Vancouver Canucks fans. And uh, Calgary is gonna benefit from that. The Sea of Red, no doubt, is gonna pick up a few Lebo jerseys because they're gonna see this kid, they're gonna see him put in the work and they're gonna fall in love with him just as we did. So good pickup by Calgary. No, I agree 100. percent I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna start off with the Winnipeg Jets here. They got Connor Hellebuck in nets. Gonna start uh, Thursday. They have a their start dates on Thursday. As we talk about the Jets, they they have a scenario coming up where they play five games in seven days. I assume that's gonna happen throughout the season for all Canadian teams. How do you think that's going to fare the Vancouver Canucks and maybe some of their top players? Like, how do you think Vancouver is going to play playing five games in seven days? Um, well, there's going to be a lot of game management this year. There's going to be a lot of guys with the taxi squad. Now, we do have the ability to, uh, to bring guys out and bring guys in as we need them. So you're going to see nights where certain players are going to be rested. I'm not talking about your big three. I'm not talking Patterson. Besser, you know, uh, Hughes or Horvat for that matter. But like your other, your other players, your secondaries, your Godet, your Vertanens, uh, those guys you're going to see, you know, there are some nights where they're going to have the night off and it's mainly because, you know, and, and maybe it'll be good for Jake. Then again, maybe not if he's in Montreal or something like that, you know, provided there's a lockdown going on. Um, but you're going to see with the taxi squad, there's going to be a lot of subbing in and subbing out. Um, of course, we're still in the age of COVID, so we have to deal with that as well. Uh, the NHL, of course, just announced yesterday that uh, they've had 27 uh, positive COVID tests. 17 of those are on the Dallas Stars. So yeah. that's going to be something that's really, really going to figure in. They've actually had to bump the Dallas Stars to the 19th, I think, is when they start um because of what's happened so uh that's something that's going to figure in so it's not only going to be a taxi squad covid type situation but it's going to be a taxi squad game management situation 
So you're going to be seeing guys who are going to be secondary, primarily secondary players are going to be subbed out fairly regularly. And that's something we all got to, got to expect and got to be getting used to, to be honest, um, because it's in the, it's for the betterment of the players and the betterment of the game. Yeah, and, and Sheldon Keith said it best today. He's going he's going with the Steve Nash mentality with him and his Brooklyn Nets. You know, even though you're on a taxi squad, be ready. We're playing the be ready mentality. And yeah, what a gamble on Montreal's part. As all the analysts had said, you know, uh, Corey Perry. I know we're jumping to Montreal Canadiens. We'll get to our uh, the project. We'll get to the. Jets projected lineup here in one second. Dude, it's all good. I just heard Brooklyn apparently traded for James Harden. So Harden's being reunited with Durant and Kyrie Irving. So that's a huge trade and it's a massive trade. I mean, we're talking like eight picks. He was pissed off. He wasn't happy in Houston. Yeah. So that's uh that's definitely some basketball talk for down the road. But um (laughs) everyone's surprised that Corey Perry went on waivers, but We'll we'll talk about that here shortly, but I, I've got the Jets projected lineup right in front of my face. To get Hallebuck is uh, obviously going to be the number one starter. Uh, Lauren Brosseur, sorry for the mispronunciation. Bruce yeah, Brosseur. As uh, my son calls him, Bouchla Bouchla. <laughs> Every time he hears he is the Winnipeg Jets backup goaltender for their yeah. Thursday night. They got Josh Morrissey, Tucker Pullman. Derek Forbort, Neil Poyunk, Poyunk, Nathan Beaulieu, Dylan DeMello, and Sammy Kiku is the, the odd guy. He's It'll be the seventh D, according to uh, TSN's projected opening night roster. Nick, Nick Ehlers, great to see Ehlers. Former Moosehead paired with Shifley and Wheeler. Going to be a dynamic line. It's uh, too bad we can't see line A play with Shifley and Wheeler, but you've got to spread out the... The uh, top players, Kyle Connor, Paul Stasty, and Patrick Laine on the second. Cop, Larry, and Appleton on the third. Matthew Perot, who did clear waivers, um, and is on the fourth line. Nate Thompson, Trevor Lewis, big guy, comes over from the LA Kings. And Jason Harkins rounds out the projected opening night roster for the Winnipeg Jets. Talk about the, the Winnipeg Jets. Who who do you see standing out in some of their big their big players for uh, this upcoming and season? There's a few players, and it's not so much who's going to stand out, but it's who is expected to stand out. Um, in terms of Nikolai Ehlers, uh, Ehlers is due for a big season. We know the kid's got wheels. We know the kid has ability. And at some point, he's got to put it together, and he's got to he's got to be able to pot a twenty to thirty goal season. Uh, Patrick Lina, I mean, we've all heard what's happening with Patrick Lina right now. Winnipeg is shopping him to the East. Um, they're looking at either uh, Carolina, and I think today it came down. I'm trying to think of the name of the team, uh, but there was a particular team that that uh, Lina was linked with. Um, so uh, I think it's I think it was Columbus. I think it was well, right. Right, the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Isn't the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets finished? Uh, He might be. Yeah, so maybe there's there's that connection there. Maybe they have some connection to World Juniors or World Championships, but it seems like the guys that are uh, having problems are going to Columbus. Look at Max Domi. He goes over to Columbus. Not saying he's a – not saying Max Domi's a cancer, uh, and also not saying Line is a cancer, but, you know – 
it seems like everyone shipped off to uh, Columbus, you know, to maybe tone up the tune up their game or whatever. But this- yeah, Torts Torts has a history of getting players who are underperforming to be performers. Like, I mean, you've seen what he did with Seth Jones. Uh, Seth Jones was a highly regarded defensive prospect, uh, had been for years, uh, really didn't do much in Nashville, but went to Columbus and now he's, you know, the what top pairing. Uh, so Ehlers, I could see fit, you know, or a line I could see fit with Columbus. Uh, Winnipeg game, Pierre-Luc Dubois back would be huge. That would be a huge item. Uh, the only problem is, is that Pierre-Luc Dubois was recently signed to a new $10 million deal. So you've got to figure that into your cap and as to how that's going to go. I think Linus just coming off of his, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's just coming off of his ELC. I may be wrong about that. Um, most likely I am because it's hockey. Um, but <laughs> but um, Ehlers is expected to have a huge year. In my opinion, he needs to have a huge year. Uh, Shifley, I fully expect to step up. And you know there are a lot of guys on that Winnipeg young core where they're going to have to really step up their game. They're going to have to work even that much harder um, in order to make it a point of, you know, you know, when it comes down to it, when the fans come back, you know, they want to be able to, to say where's, you know, as opposed they want to be able to say Patrick who, as opposed to where's Patrick, you know, I mean, that's well, if he goes, to, if he goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, he's going to disappear quickly as uh, look at Marceau and uh, Riley, they went to Florida and, uh, now, and now they're in the spotlight in Vegas. So it, it, sometimes if you're down in Florida or in a not a huge market, a hockey market, because um, we all know Ohio is big on football. I don't even know. I, an interesting thing while I'm talking about hockey teams um, being known in their in their uh, towns, I um, heard today the Colorado Avalanche aren't even talked about in Denver. It's all Denver Broncos. It's Denver Broncos every day. Um, so that, it's just which is not surprising because Denver was not terrible. which is not surprising. So if you're <laughs> the a Nuggets, player, sure, you know, like... yeah, and they, uh, that's you know that's they're kind of right at the top with Golden State, but it's a lot of players do it. They go down to a, a place where you know it's not a big hockey market, and they you know work on their game or whatever they got to do. But you get the Vancouver Canucks list in front of you there, Quinn. Uh, yeah, actually, let me grab that for you. Ah, here we are. Okay, Vancouver. Uh, we got Beagle, Horvat, and Pedersen, uh, Besser, McEwen, Roussel, uh, Erickson, Miller, Sutter, Gaudette, Mott, Vertanen, Hoaglander, and Pearson for the forwards. Uh, defensemen, we got Ben, Hamanich, and Myers, Chatfield, Hughes, and Schmidt, Edler, and Yolevi, uh, goaltenders, Demko, and Holtby, obviously. Uh, taxi squad, we got Bailey, DiPietro, Rafferty, Breezebois, uh, Michaelis, and Rathbone. And uh, I got to say, that lineup is solid. Um, the only thing I might well, not, have... Not bad for a sixth-place team in the North Division, though. No, not bad at all. I mean, you know, when you're, yeah, sixth-place team in the North Division, yeah. I mean, you know, like, if you were to move, you know, Hoaglander, most likely, because Erickson's been put on waivers, most likely Hoaglander's going to be moving into a top and or bottom six. Um, Tanner Pearson's always dangerous. The kid, I mean, he's been dangerous since he played with L.A. ESN's so, got him on the second line with Pearson and Horvat. Yeah. Hoaglander. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be real fun to watch tonight. Either, you know, either Edmonton's going to get lit up early or it's going to be a gunfight from, from minute one. And in either case, I am looking forward to it, my friend. 
No, no, I, I strongly think Vancouver's got the upper hand. Of, uh, as I'm looking at it right now, Holpe is the projected starter versus the Oilers, and they got uh, Demko riding the pine. So oh, it's, well, it's going to be interesting, and I'm uh, looking forward to staying up late and, and watching some of that uh, Western uh, – gladiator fights so it's yeah. it's and i mean worse comes to worse i mean uh, that just means demco plays the next game which i think is like tomorrow or something like that isn't you know i think we're playing back to back right out of the game well, that's that's the importance like you know to have two solid goalies because you're gonna have that five games in seven days vancouver is gonna have the same situation as winnipeg winnipeg starts thursday but they're gonna have five games in seven days so it's it's a good it's gonna be a dog fight you know I, i'm gonna ask you this before i forget are you gonna be tired of watching cassian punch punch uh kachuk's lights out for about nine or ten times uh throughout the 56 games dude is anybody tired of that i mean that's that's what sells the game right like yeah. fighting for years and for ever as much as you know as much as people would hate to say it fighting sells the game you know, even if you're, even if you have to throw players out, fighting is still what brings you to the rank. You know, you want to see a tussle. You want to see the Donnie Brook. You want to see two guys just go at it fist to fist, and that's the way it's going to be. You know, and yeah, they're trying to curb it. And sure, I mean, they're they're curbing it a little bit. It's not like back in the 80s or the 70s where guys used to just haymaker for five minutes and, you know, tire themselves out. You know, now it's like maybe what a minute, minute and a half is the typical tussle, and then you know, if that, um, before the refs get involved, and even even in the playoffs, it's like no, we're not having this. Um, but fighting is still a part of the game, and so Cassian and Cassian and Kachuk, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not going to be a tiring thing to be honest. Um, Kachuk kind of has a history with Vancouver. We kind of passed on him in favor of Yulevi and. In all fairness, a lot of guys, a lot of Vancouver fans, uh, myself included, thought that was a giant mistake because, you know, Kachuk was the reigning Memorial Cup MVP and Yolevi, well, wasn't. Um, but then they were like, well, Yolevi was the defenseman. We haven't drafted defenseman in a while and he was part of that team. So we all kind of went along with it. But I mean, now we're talking what that was, what, 2012, 2013, he was drafted or 2014. So, I mean, we're talking six years later, and Yolevi has just cracked the opening day squad. Um, so a lot of Vancouver fans, you know, are, are waiting to see what this kid is going to do. His comparable is Nicholas Lidstrom, and I hope he lives up to it, to be honest. I love it, buddy. And we're going to get your, your Vancouver uh, Canuck final thoughts later. I'm going to roll down the Ottawa Senators' projected opening night roster. Obviously got Matt Murray in Nets, Marcus Holberg. Uh, I'm not sure where he came from. He's going to be the backup in Ottawa. I love Thomas Shabbat. Got to watch him here in St. John, New Brunswick, um, neighboring uh, community to Nova Scotia. Thomas Shabbat's going to do some great things. He's he someday down the road. He's going to be the next Victor Hedman in the NHL, hundred percent. Eric Grabber, I mean, Grabber certainly invested in him. <laughs> he's a he's a big dude. I I watched him here in the queue, and he's going to be the Nick the next uh, Victor. Victor Hedman. Some people watching Ottawa. Um, that's my prediction. He's going to be the next Victor Hedman, and, and he's going to um, win some hardware, a lot of hardware down the road. And they got Eric Grabderson paired with Shabbat, Mike Riley, Nikita Zaitsev. I know who, Leaf fans know who Zaitsev is. Christian Wolanin, Josh Brown, 
And uh, I believe Braden Colburn was a Vancouver Canuck. So if my memory serves me correctly. I don't believe so. No, um, okay. I'm trying to think of who was with, but it definitely wasn't Vancouver. Okay. Maybe, uh, Philly, maybe it's Philly or, or yeah. uh, but uh, trust me, I would have remembered that name. <laughs> Col- Colburn rhymes out the uh, D core and Kachuk Norris Batherson. Going to be nice to see Drake Batherson. Watched him here in the queue. Tim Stutzel, what a stud he was at World Juniors. He's going to be on the left side with Derek Stefan and Evgeny Dandenoff, Nick Paul, Tierney, Chris Connor Brown. Leaf fans know who Connor Brown is. Sad to see him go, but he came over in the Zaitsev trade. Cedric Parquet, I believe he just won a Stanley Cup there with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Going to add some sandpaper to the Colin White, Austin Watson line. And uh, Alex Kalchenyuk seems like he's been bounced around to every team in the league. Found a place on the – he's the odd guy out with Anisimov in Ottawa. So that rounds out the Ottawa Senators' uh, projected opening night roster uh, – who play the Leafs this Friday. So who's not going to want to see a, a Friday, Saturday, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, uh, Toronto tilt, man. It's, it's going to be great. It's, it's all, all seven teams uh, going to play what nine or 10 times. And uh, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, that old 94 uh, uh, playoff run that Toronto and Vancouver had to, to reunite in uh, this year's uh North Division, so it's, that's gonna it, that's gonna be great to see, and yeah, it's great to see Montreal and Ottawa, but it's nice to see that Vancouver, uh, Calgary, they play a lot more than what they're used to playing. So, um, yeah. you you got the Montreal Canadian lineup there in front of you? Uh yeah. Let me just grab it here. Uh, Braden Coburn, just to to be clear, uh, he was an Atlanta Thrasher, then a Philadelphia Flyer, then a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and oh, of course okay. this year Ottawa Senators. Okay. Um, so just so you're aware there. And uh, all right, so we're on to uh, let's oh, see. yeah, uh, Montreal, right? Montreal, all right, so Montreal didn't give me the opening night lineup, I just have their roster. So, uh, let me just uh, translate this from French. There we go. Okay, so we've got uh, Gallagher, Suzuki, Koki uh, Nemi, uh, Anderson, Deneau, Armia, Byron, Lekkonen. Evans, Toffoli, Tatar, and Drouin as your forwards. Uh, your defensemen are Weber, Chetiot, um, uh, Petrie, Romanoff, Edmondson, Meat, and Kulak. Uh, Gor- the goalies are, of course, Price and Allen, as we mentioned before. Taxi squad is uh, Poehling, Froelich, and Perry. Uh, and Cale uh, Fleury and Charlie Lindgren, apparently, as well. So uh, that's your current taxi squad. Yeah, where do you put where do you put Corey Perry? Unless, um, well, I mean, let's, I mean, let's be honest. Corey Perry is a far cry away from London Knights 2004. Um, he's a far cry away from Stanley Cup Anaheim 2006. Uh, so 2007, got, sorry. 2007. My apologies. You're right. Um, yeah, that was the year Luongo should have won the Hart Trophy. Uh, but that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, BC native uh, Scotty Niedermeyer won MVP, won playoff MVP. I'm aware he's the guy who scored that uh, goal in double overtime against Longo after Longo had to go to the washroom. Um, anyway, but a long story short. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of Corey Perry, I would see. I truth be told, I see him as bottom six depth. Um, definitely somebody who can still do things at this level. 
Um, but he's not, he doesn't have the speed and the step that he used to. So he's not going to get first line minutes. Uh, he'll probably get maybe third line minutes, possibly second power play if they're looking to like get somebody who just, you know, like you can put him in front of the net, he can take abuse, you know, and he's there. Uh, so there is that option. Uh, but that's where I see him. Love it. Love it, man. And finally, we got the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to run down the, the Toronto Maple Leafs projected opening night lineup. I don't like it because Nick Robertson right now is not in the starting lineup. He's my rookie of the year candidate. We'll get to hardware here shortly. But here we go. We got Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, two goaltenders, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Muzzin, Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, Zach Bogosian, rounding out the decor, and Jumbo Joe, Matthews, and Marner, Jimmy VC, Tavares, Nylander, Ilya Mikhaev, Kerfoot, Hyman, Babarinov, Spezza, and Simmons, and unfortunately, Nick Robertson is in the taxi squad. I don't have the taxi squad up on my computer, but uh, it's unfortunate that Robertson is on the taxi squad. I know Adam Brooks is there. Boyd is also there, and um, I believe Mika Lettinen, uh, yeah, Mika Lettinen is uh, also on, and that's that's one guy that people were in awe on Saturday. Uh, Mika Lettinen was um, unbelievable. It was funny that 2D scored the shootout goals, Morgan Riley and Mika Lettinen. But, hey, uh, it's a 56-game year season, and uh, we're going to see a lot more of Robertson uh, yet this year. And uh, who knows, Sheldon Keith's going to give uh, Alex uh, Babarinoff a, a fair shake, and uh, we, we may see Robertson uh, sooner than we think. So, that, that rounds up the, uh, the the seven teams or projected opening night lineup. Uh, do, do you want to add anything else to uh, your one to seven? Do you just want to no, we are we are all good. I am set. So, you know, I, I, a lot of Canucks fans are going to go after me for it, but I got them at three, and it's not because they, they won't be able to compete. They will be able to compete. It's just Calgary is really is going to be really really tough. So who's your um, if you have to change say in a month or so if you change your uh, your one to seven or your top four, who do you think uh, maybe in the top four when the season is going in about a month or so? Depending on how Edmonton does, I may move them from two. Um, that would be as I said, it would depend on how they do. And the biggest thing is their goaltending. We both know that their goaltending is, is going to be an issue. It's the one thing. It's not like we're talking about the 80s Oilers where they were stacked from every single angle. We know they're stacked on offense. Defense is kind of a meh. Uh, but their goaltending is a big hole. And until they fill that hole, they're not really going to do much of anything, to be honest. Um, my my only change would maybe be Vancouver from, from 6 to 3. Calgary fault. The only way reason I think Calgary would falter. Everyone's banking on Markstrom having an amazing season, and it's and it's true. Markstrom is uh, Calgary's best goalie since uh, Mika Kiprasov. So a lot of people are banking Calgary to finish three because of Markstrom. But I I I honestly think in a month or two you can see Vancouver in three, Toronto, Montreal going to stay there between one and two. Calgary may get uh, bumped out by Vancouver. 
Edmonton, Winnipeg can shift. Um, Ottawa, unfortunately, still stays at number seven. But hey, they could make a they can make a surprising uh, run and may, maybe uh, fifth or sixth. But they uh, they only going to choose. Sorry, only the top four are going to make the playoffs out of the North Division. So I see Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, or Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, kind of maybe going back and forth, but. As of right now, I've got, you know, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, and Edmonton uh, in, in my top four. But obviously, that's that's going to change throughout this uh, short 56-game season. So that's all from one to seven. Let's move on to hardware. So uh, starting with the Hart Trophy, who do you think is going to win uh, league MVP? Uh, well, I think McDavid is going to take a stride forward. Uh, if he has the mentality that I think he has, he's going to be like Michael Jordan, where he's going to take the fact that Dreisaitl won the heart and he didn't personally. Uh, I expect him to have a really, really good season to basically outskate pretty much everybody on the ice. Uh, so I, it would not surprise me to see McDavid walk away with the heart trophy. Uh, in terms of the Vesna, the Vesna is going to be interesting. Um, I don't see Hellebuck winning it again, uh, but I could see Jacob Markstrom possibly making the play for it. Uh, in all fairness, he should have been nominated last year. Didn't happen, but it is what it is. Um, so I see I see Markstrom possibly running away with the Vesna. Uh, in terms of the Norris, uh, right now everybody's saying that the hughes mccarr battle is going to continue now that they're not in the Calder race. Uh, so that should be interesting. Um, in you don't case, have Victor I, Hedman as your Norris Trophy winner? Hedman's good, don't get me wrong. And, and Hedman's sort of still in his prime. But at the same time, like when you're looking at a guy like Quinn Hughes or a guy like Kale McCarr, and their comparisons are like Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey, respectively, um, you can't ignore that. I mean, when you're watching Quinn Hughes on his edges and he's going around people like they're pylons, you can't ignore that. You really can't. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm not envying the voters on the Norris on that one. Um, in terms of, uh, coach of the year, uh, at some point I have a feeling coach, uh, um, green is going to win it, uh, for Vancouver. Uh, the only problem is, is that the Jack Adams curse, anybody who wins it, their team doesn't make the playoffs the next year. So, uh, it is something to keep in mind, but there are, I mean, there are a lot of coaches out there that. Could make it. Could make a play for the Jack Adams Trophy. Rocket um, Richard, your Rocket Richard prediction. Oh, Rocket Richard. Um, man, that's a tough one. Normally, I'd say Ovi because, well, let's face it, Ovi's just <laughs> a goal-scoring machine. But at some point, Ovi's going to have to step back. Uh, Crosby, same thing. Uh, Malkin, same thing. Uh, just in terms of where they were drafted, at some point, they they do have to take a step back, just in terms of their ability. Um, I could see I could see Drysaitel going after the Rocket Richard, uh, just in terms of goals, so and or McDavid for that for that matter. Love it, my man. Here, here's my uh, hardware predictions. Starting off with the rookie, it's unfortunate I I um, did pick Robertson in my video last night. He's not going to be playing tonight. Um, question I have though is is they still gonna go with the twenty five games to be eligible for the heart stroke or sorry, the rookie of the year, even though it's fifty six games. I don't know how that's gonna be determined on how what how many games you have to play to be eligible for rookie of the year. But I'm I'm sticking with Nick Robertson. Um you know, a sh- huge shout out to uh 
the boys over it. We we've got to give uh, the Title Town Take Boys some um, huge praise. I know we lost yep. in the border battle. Um, I can't wait till this week's over and we can uh, you know um, not have to praise those guys. But hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some love to uh, Zegras man, and and uh, I think he's gonna have a very phenomenal year with Anaheim. But um, I, I gotta stick with my boy Nick Robertson for Rookie of the Year. Hey, and I'm gonna. I'm going to stay local and uh, pick Nathan McKinnon. He's going to come away with the Hart Trophy. He's going to come away with the uh, playoff MVP. Does he win the scoring race? No, I believe that's going to go to Austin Matthews. Vesna is going to Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay. And they got to go with Victor Hedman, as I said last night, for the Norris Trophy Best Defensive Player in the National Hockey League. So as as far as coach, um, hey, keeping it local, we've got to go with our boy Rick Bonus. Uh, First-year head coach, uh, he's been after that position for a long time, so we've got to give it to that man. Uh, he's been doing a phenomenal job for 20-odd 20, 20 years, so uh, I hope uh, that, that hope the Dallas Stars can do big things and uh, Rick Bonus uh, takes the hardware at the end of the year, so. Yeah, mad respect for Rick Bonus. Uh, I mean, yeah. that guy was the head coach of Ottawa years ago, um, but he took the assistant role. He was an assistant with Vancouver in the 2011 Cup run. Um, but uh, yeah, mad respect to Rick Bonus. He's gone through a lot, and I'm very, very happy that he's the head coach of Dallas. And last year, he came fairly close to winning it. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, good things happen for him because he's a nice guy. Uh, in 100%. terms of my call, yeah, in terms of my Calder pick, um, my Calder pick, if he can stick and stay and I mean that in every sense of the word it's going to be Niels Holglander of Vancouver and the main reason I mean you've seen what this kid can do in the Swedish Elite League and uh, there's no doubt he's going to be able to do that in, in the NHL. Did Pedersen win the Rookie of the Year? Yes he did yeah. So maybe maybe he's got his uh, fellow countrymen uh, on his side and, and Hoagland, uh, Hoaglander I believe is a Swedish born player and he yeah uh, he is yeah, and uh, Pedersen can kind of say, "Man, I want, I got the trophy here. You teach us something. Here's your blueprint. Here's, here's what blue, you have Here's to your do. blueprint. Yes, I'm winning the, uh, winning the, uh, the rookie of the year. But uh, you know, it's going to be a battle. I, I hope Nick Robertson plays enough games to be eligible. And if he does play enough games to be eligible, um, he's my, uh, he's my pick to win. And but I, I've got to give some love for the." For the uh, states and uh, the boys over at Title Town Dakes for their uh, their boys egress. I, I yes, uh, I strongly, I strongly believe if uh, Getzlaff and the boys over in Anaheim can uh, help that kid uh, win the trophy, he's he's going to be deser- deserving des- deserving to win. So much love to our friends Ian Boshane and our brothers in podcasting at yeah. Title Town Takes. Congratulations yeah. for the United States winning the. 2021 world juniors uh i think i've covered my end of our bet so we're good there <laughs> i think it'd be at the end of the week i may have it covered but uh hey if we had kirby doc it might have been a different story but uh, man that that usa team call them cocky call you know people on their backs for that garbage sorry it wasn't a garbage can people have that mistake. a barrel yeah it was a barrel that they uh you know, lugged up mountains and all that good stuff to uh, help train. But hey, let's uh, 
Let's uh, give as much love as we can to those boys over at Titletown Takes and uh, and their boy Zegris uh, coming out of uh, yeah. B- Boston B- Boston University, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So born in the fires of Boston University. Yeah. So um, hey, if uh, Nick Robertson doesn't have enough games, uh, I'm going with I'm going with Zegris and uh, do do we see? Okay, so there's 56 games being played. It's safe to say. We won't see a 50-goal score. If we see a 50-goal score in 56 games, then it, that person's going to be on the same page as Wayne Gretzky. But he scored 50 in less than 50 games and um, different different time. Nobody's going to score 50 goals in 56 games. Uh, can you agree no, with those, me? Sadly, those days are over. I mean, you know, and it's it's been that way ever since, you know, well, let's be honest. It's been that way ever since, like, Pavel Bure retired. You know, and you could say what you want about Obi, and sure, 50 goals for him in a full season is possible. But at the same time, when you're prorating the games, there's no way in heck you're going to have anybody who hits 50. If you get somebody who hits, you might see 40. 30, you, might, you might see. You yeah. might see 41. I yeah. doubt you'd see 43, 44. They got Matthews right now uh, projected to win the Rocket. Scoring, probably, I think he scores over thirty-eight goals, but I don't. I'm not. I mean, get, he's I'm got not Marner getting, on his on his center, uh, right? Marner's and center. You got, and you got Joe Thornton. But how long does Joe? That's another question for like the experts on on how long do we actually see Joe Thornton being on the top line? He's going to be mixed. It's going to be a mixed match all year. Uh, it's good. It's great to see though. Uh, Keith has uh, Matthews on a penalty kill situation at. Uh, 55% uh, face-off rate. So, hey, it's uh, it's it's great to be a Leafs fan, and it's, and it's going to be great to be a Vancouver Canucks fan. And uh, imagine that uh, Vancouver finishes in the top in the top four, and uh, it's a Toronto-Vancouver and uh, maybe a Calgary-Edmonton uh, playoff. That would be unreal. Uh, a Battle of Alberta and, and a Toronto-Vancouver. Uh, but, hey – Montreal, Toronto wouldn't be too bad either, but uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the, to the Western match matchups. I missed that '94, that '94 series, and uh, Adams killed us in '94. And Kirk McLean was the better goalie at the end of the uh, at the end of that series. And you, you know, and uh, it's it'll be great to see it once again the Vancouver Toronto uh, rematch of uh, the '94 playoffs. So, uh, anything else you'd like to add, uh, Quinn, to the uh, this upcoming 56 yeah um yeah i mean just uh just one thing you know about the jersey i'm wearing as you can see i'm rocking the old school stick and rink uh number 28 luke bordon uh the man the myth the legend saint luke there you go uh shippigan new brunswick's very own god rest his soul um so uh so there's that in terms of uh in terms of the 56 games i cannot wait for it to get started as a matter of fact we're about an hour t-minus one hour away from Toronto and Montreal dropping the puck. So uh, that's going to be great. Vancouver Edmonton tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we've got a good slate of games. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, the Flyers are actually started right now. Flyers are playing right now. Uh, oh, they uh, start now? Oh, good. All right. Yeah, just okay. to say right now. So. Oh, yeah, because NBCSN was doing the triple header tonight. I wasn't sure how they were going to fit that in. But, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever works, I guess. No, that that's all, man. It's uh, you gave me your one to seven. I gave you the one to seven. My predictions, all the hardware is going to be handed out accordingly, and uh, 
Hey, I'd love to see a 56. Sorry, I'd love to see a 50 goal score in 56 games. But uh, who do you who do you think uh, is going to finish on the top with the points? Uh, is it going to be Crosby, Drysdale, McDavid? It's, uh, who do you who do you see at the top with the most points and how many points uh, do you see that player uh, achieving in fifty six games? It, it's going to be a battle of the mix. It's going to be McDavid versus McKinnon the entire season. Okay. Um, I don't see Crosby finishing on top of points unless Malkin has a spectacular year. Um, so there's that. Um, but I see it going to be the you know changing of the guard. McKinnon McDavid are going to be going at it all season tooth and nail. Uh, in terms of who finishes it up, I could easily see Nathan McKinnon at the top of that list. Um, just in terms of in terms of minutes played, I could see McKinnon at the top of the list. How many? Po- what's your uh, projected point total for the guy on on top? Oh man, uh, for fifty six game season, projected see... point total probably about maybe maybe about seventy eight to eighty around there. Wow. Um, I mean, that's like the super spectacular player. Like we're talking two well points over per point. game, McDavid. Two points. Yeah, that's, two points. That's McGee. That's McGee's uh, achievable. Two points yeah. per game. So. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm one, just saying one point seven six points per game is exactly what's right? popping up right now yeah. on the computer. Like me, I could see, like me, I could see, I could see seventy eight to eighty being our sort of our top end. Um, if you if one of them hits 100 points in 56 games, the entire league may have to rethink an 82 games. Yeah, they'll they'll make the nets smaller. Or something they'll they'll be oh, well. Yeah. Our our goalie experiment didn't work. Let's let's. Uh, I think they already expanded the nets because there wasn't enough goal scoring. Now they're if someone yeah. gets 100 points, there's some guy and well we you know it's we gotta. Make the net smaller, you know, for for the the weaker teams. But yeah, well, they did you, you make can't, you can't win considerably less in terms of depth, um, because that's what led to a bunch of pucks like being fired and being shot back out because the nets were like too tight. Um, so that's what they originally did was they shortened up the back end of the net so that it wasn't as deep, which is a shame because I mean everybody got used to seeing pucks like this is a clear goal as opposed to this was shot in and came out and really quickly and it's kind of messed up, but you know, now refs have to go back and look at the film and see if it's actually a goal. So yeah. So there's that drawback. But yeah. Well, I got Matthews. I got Matthews on Toronto's number one, uh, being number one in points. I had him around 63, 64. I don't think it'll be, you know, a woodbine race to come right out of the gate flying. I think it's going to take a little while. They're going to start just get going. They might take, you know, three, two weeks or so to get going. And, you know, finally, uh, once they all, once they're all uh, fired on all cylinders in the next month, then they start going. So it's going to be a, a possible slow start to the season. So you could see like maybe Matthews finishing with 64 points. And then uh, obviously McDavid uh, finishing around the 70 plus plateau and, uh, Right now, it's it's a McDavid. It's going to be the McDavid McKinnon uh, show. It's yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the NHL. It's the, it's the show, um, as a lot of people call it. But it's going to be the McDavid McKinnon show, and uh, they're going to finish with seventy plus points. Um, but at the end of the at the end of the year, I think uh, M- McKinnon's going to have his uh, turn to win the the rocket, uh, the Hart Trophy, the league leading goal scorer, and. Uh, Maybe have three or four trophies at the end of uh, at the end of this season. So those those are my predictions, man. As as always, it's a treat. Uh, 
you stay safe out in, in Vancouver. I know that the the cases are are different out there than they are to the Maritimes, but man, it's always uh, a pleasure having you on and uh, and uh, providing uh, NHL talk to uh, offside talk. Well, it's always a pleasure being on your show, Jamie, and uh, thank you again for having us. Uh, stay safe, stay happy, stay well out there, uh, not only to yourself and, of course, your crew out there, but also to our listeners. Uh, stay safe, stay happy, stay well, and uh, you know, once COVID is over, no doubt we'll be celebrating the way we should. Um, in the meantime, we have to celebrate Donald Trump being impeached today for the second time, uh, so yeah. I'm going to go enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that said, y'all have a great night out there in Radio Land. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Offside Hockey Talk. Thank you very much, Quinn. And, and I will say uh, this episode is brought to you by our, the fine folks at, over at Title Town Takes, Ian, Connor, and Cam. Boys, it was a great battle. But at the end of the night, Team USA did win the, the World Juniors. And uh, can't wait to uh, experience a new battle next year, and uh, Canada's not not gonna take that take that year uh, that year lightly, or sorry, that loss lightly. Uh, we're gonna nope. come back even stronger next year and make sure uh, we're not on the ice uh, to see a USA win. So, yeah. as always, my friend, it's it's a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, can't wait to see uh, Vancouver hit the ice when they play. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers in their first Absolutely. game in this uh, COVID season. So, And the same is true of the Leafs as well in the next 49 minutes. Here's hoping that y'all don't go to a shootout so you don't wind up preempting my game on Sportsnet because Sportsnet always likes to stay with the Leafs and Canadiens when you go to a shootout yeah. and preempt Vancouver and Edmonton, which is unfortunate, but that's a way of life. So, you know, uh, here's hoping y'all have a good season and uh, we'll talk later when we're getting ready for the playoffs. Very good, my friend. You take care of yourself. All right. You too, man. There you have it, folks. That was Alan Corkum, play-by-play announcer for the OJHL's Georgetown Raiders, also co-host of Rinkside, which covers the OJHL in Ontario, Canada. This episode has been brought to you by our fine folks over at Titletown Takes. Make sure you give Ian, Connor, and Cam a follow at Titletown Takes. And, of course at Offside Talk on Twitter. That's at Offside Talk on Twitter.